Hi, my name is Mark Atchev. I'm a counsel in the corporate department of ANO Luxembourg. I'm here with Frank Mausen, banking ICM partner. Hi Mark, happy to be here. I'm here also with Baptiste Aubry, counsel in the regulatory team. Hi everyone, very happy to be here. And with Guillaume Begvort, tax counsel. Hi Mark, hi everyone. So this topic will be about the question why non-European banks should consider having a presence in Luxembourg. I will start this podcast with a simple stat. As of today, the Grand Duchy hosts 123 international banks from 26 different countries. It first started in the 60s, 70s with a few American and German banks and grew as well as diversified over the years. To illustrate this, two examples come to my mind. The Brazilian banks, with the most established ones being in Luxembourg for decades, and which are now followed by a wave of new joiners, as well as the Chinese banks, with no less than seven Chinese banks having set up their European head in Luxembourg. Baptiste, first question to you. What would be the main reason for non-European bank to consider setting a presence outside its own jurisdiction, and in particular within the EU? Thanks, Mark. That's, a, that's actually an excellent question. Uh, and indeed, the first question to ask is why your presence in the EU before you address the question of why Luxembourg? Uh, and there are actually several reasons to that. Uh, the first one, obvious one, is to set a foot uh, in Europe, uh, more particularly for some banks in the Eurozone, and or actually to serve and develop uh, clientele in the EU. The second one is therefore uh, doing business in other non-local, non-local by that I mean country of origin of the bank considering establishing in the EU, so other currencies for non-EU clients. Luxembourg more specifically, when we talk about establishing a presence in the EU, is now I think very well known and famous international banking and financial center with a great experience actually on both type of, I would say, reasons for establishing in the EU. Um, as we can see, for instance, there is a good dozen of uh, branches established in Luxembourg. Uh, for most of them, they either have a need for a currency settlement center in the EU, so for euro as a currency, but other main currencies, or to be able to serve local clients. So again, those clients that are not in the EU, but actually in the country of origin of that uh, banking group, but through an offshore center. We also have in Luxembourg a large number of subsidiaries of non-EU banks, so subsidiaries being properly established companies in, uh, in the EU, in, in Luxembourg in that case. And we see, and you mentioned that already, they're coming from very diversified horizons. We've got uh, a lot of Swiss banks, Brazilian banks, Chinese banks, Japanese, well, I could, I could go on and on. And in the vast majority of cases, these banking groups would have established their subsidiaries to serve an, particularly an EU clientele. And they will obviously benefit from the passporting regime, and we can talk to that later on. There actually are different reasons to consider as to how you would want to establish a presence in the EU as a branch setup versus a subsidiary setup would have, I would say, underlying considerations that are different. The branch, uh, in the first hand, would be established mainly to provide services to a institutional slash professional type of clientele. You would not use usually the branch established in the EU to uh, serve retail clients. And you would focus on activities such as credit lending activities in currencies other than your local country of origin currency. You would also serve um, either your local clients for their own needs 
in these offshore services or the company they might have established in the EU or elsewhere. But you could also consider using the branch for financing and refinancing purposes or to participate in EU type of lending activities such as uh, syndicated lending when you would, for instance, sub-participate into these syndicates. The subsidiaries, on the other hand, would be sort of a different animal and you would use it mainly to establish a full presence in a country in the EU, but with a purpose to then be able to serve a broader EU clientele, as I mentioned before, with the EU passport, because you would have from your establishment in one country access to all the other EU jurisdictions. And you would use typically this type of setup, subsidiary, to serve any type of clientele and offer a very broad range of services going beyond purely lending slash financing type of activities. So in order to serve the EU market and to establish on the EU market, you'd really want to ask yourself, what are exactly my needs before you answer the question as to how I want to be established? Many thanks, Baptiste. Very clear. Guillaume, as our tax expert, I assume there might be also be certain underlying tax aspects that are to be taken into consideration in such a project, right? And, and also that the brainstorming phase is key. That's right, Mark. An important driver is indeed the tax regime. Luxembourg has a competitive tax regime for foreign banks complying with EU highest and international standards which includes a participation exemption regime for dividends, capital gains, network tax and distributions. A wide range of network in terms of double tax treaties, having treaties with more than 80 different jurisdictions, a favorable VAT system with the lowest VAT rate in Europe and no withholding tax for interest. These features enable foreign banks setting up their presence in Luxembourg to avoid double taxation while benefiting from the Luxembourg toolbox. I think foreign banks setting up a presence in Luxembourg should also conduct and involve a tax brainstorming session before deciding on the scenario or launching this implementation phase, as they may have some strategic and operational tax decisions to consider. In that sense, come to my mind the tax scenario and the organization. The tax scenario, this is the decision on the optimal tax setup and structure for the foreign bank's presence in Luxembourg in terms of legal entity, the capital structure and the activities that are foreseen. The tax scenario should be based on an in-depth and comprehensive tax analysis and a comparison of the different tax scenarios and alternatives available to the bank to understand the tax costs, risks and benefits together with the tax compliance obligations. The tax scenario should also be aligned and consistent with the business model and the strategy of the foreign bank, as well as with the legal, regulatory, operational and human aspects of the setup and the structure. The organization now, this is the process of designing and implementing the tax scenario for the foreign bank's presence in Luxembourg in terms of actions, steps, timing, and documentation. This should be based on a clear and detailed tax plan and roadmap, which outlines the main tax elements to be considered within the implementation phase. This should also be coordinated with foreign tax advisors of the foreign bank. Once the scenario has been implemented, it's also key that the Luxembourg operations of the bank remain in good standing with respect to its tax compliance obligations, these aspects need to be anticipated and then monitored on a day-to-day -day basis in Luxembourg. Thank you, Guillaume. 
Now, turning to Frank, I'd like you, if possible, to share your experience on that. What are the main reasons for your clients when considering and hopefully choosing Luxembourg as the right place? Luxembourg was in the past perceived as a tax haven and an opaque financial place with strict banking secrecy rules. This perception discouraged numerous players from considering Luxembourg as a jurisdiction to set up a banking presence. Nowadays, the market view on Luxembourg has completely changed. Since the abolition of the banking secrecy rules on tax from a tax perspective, the assets under management in the private banking sector have increased from 285 billion to over 600 billion. Luxembourg is nowadays recognized as a professional and credible player in the banking sector. It is described in the international press as a highly developed financial center with an unrivaled expertise in cross-border transactions. It's important to note that Luxembourg is no longer solely a private banking hub. Corporate banking is developing incredibly well and is about to overtake the private banking activities. In the context of Brexit, 95 institutions in the financial sector have redomiciled to Luxembourg, resulting in the Grand Duchy being one of the, if not the, preferred European destination to pursue finance activities. All those elements illustrate the excellent standing of Luxembourg as a financial centre. And it is this reputation that should make players put Luxembourg on top of the places where they should have a presence. It is correct that the requirements in Luxembourg to set up a presence are higher than in some offshore jurisdictions. However, those light-regulated offshore jurisdictions suffer from a bad reputation. More and more often institutions in those jurisdictions no longer pass the so-called smell test. In our experience, institutional clients are very concerned about reputation and have a tendency to use more and more banking services exclusively from institutions located in Tier 1 jurisdictions. This impression is confirmed by the fact that more and more banking groups are closing down, or at least downsizing, operations in offshore jurisdictions and opening new presences in highly reputed jurisdictions such as Luxembourg. This is indeed the fact. Thanks, Frank. Baptiste, could you please provide more granularity to what Frank just told us? In practice, what form would that presence take? What would be, in a nutshell of course, the necessary regulatory steps for this? Sure, Mark, and absolutely this is a, this is a key question as to establishing a presence in Luxembourg. The regulatory process to establish a bank, either via a branch or a subsidiary as we discussed before, in Luxembourg, as in actually any other EU jurisdiction, will be a regulated process where in the end you will want and need to get uh, an approval from the local regulator. And uh, this will necessarily take a certain amount of time and requires human and financial resources. First of all, I think there is a key difference to mention between the establishment of a branch and a subsidiary, which is which regulator you will be facing in that process, because there is an important difference. For a branch of a third country institution, typically, only your local national regulator will be your counterpart in this process. Whereas if you establish a subsidiary in the Eurozone nowadays, or in the single supervisory mechanism, if you want to put it this way, the European Central Bank will be your competent regulator, which makes an important difference in the process, but overall requires the same amount of, let's say, thinking and efforts in your process. In both cases, for instance, you will need a minimum substance in terms of operational and human resources. You will need a good understanding of EU and obviously also local internal governance rules to basically set up your company, set up the various bodies you would find in that company, which will ultimately uh, hold and, and support your regulated business. There is a, actually a strong risk management culture you need to be mindful of in the EU and in Luxembourg as well. 
and in particular, I would say, in the field of anti-money laundering and uh, countering terrorism financing. In this context, you would also have to be mindful about how you would set up your outsourcing or reliance arrangements, which is a, a common setup but requires some documentation, some monitoring, which you also need to be mindful of. For instance, with a particular focus, I would say, nowadays on cybersecurity, so everything that would come close to ICT would have to be carefully thought through. And obviously, uh, talking about the banking business, you'd have to think about the prudential requirements that will apply in the EU, which are important pillars of the solidity and soundness of your organization. So you think about minimum capital requirements, regulatory capital overall, and all other solvency or liquidity ratios, for instance. Resolution planning as well would be a key sort of pillar of the setting up of your operations. So overall, I would say, in order to establish a presence in Luxembourg and, and how you will do it, you have to become accustomed to a certain extent to uh, the EU regulatory framework itself. And you would certainly, from experience, require the assistance of expert professionals in their fields, and especially in order to implement all the steps we just discussed. But this is manageable. A lot of players uh, already managed to do it. There is no absolute obstacle, quite the contrary. And you just need to keep in mind that such a project would reasonably take two to three years to be implemented and that you will, as part of the authorization process, will need to very carefully structure your workflows and work with competent professionals. If I may, I just want to add to that, that from a purely corporate perspective, you would need to run a somewhat standard incorporation process in the case of a subsidiary, with the Luxembourg presence being recognized and considered as an entity, having its own legal personality, its own organizational documents and management bodies, whereas the branch would just be seen as a somehow Luxembourg-based extension of the foreign bank, with no separate legal personality, and which would remain largely under the supervision and control of the headquarters. This does not mean that you will not have to register with the Luxembourg Trading Companies Register. It will be the case. You will need to do that. And you will also have to comply with certain Luxembourg legal tax and accounting obligations. Guillaume, I assume the tax treatment between the subsidiary and the branch will also be different, right? Thank you, Mark, for the question. And the tax difference between a subsidiary and a branch are significant indeed and should be carefully considered by the foreign bank before deciding on the setup and before deciding to move on. A subsidiary is a tax resident in Luxembourg, which means that it is subject to corporation taxes on its worldwide income and assets, unless exempted by the participation exemption regime or by double tax treaties. It also has to file its own tax returns and pay its own tax liabilities in Luxembourg in accordance with Luxembourg laws and the tax authorities' guidelines. A branch, on the other hand, is a non-resident taxpayer in Luxembourg, which means that it's only subject to corporation taxes on its Luxembourg source income, unless exempted by a treaty. It also has to file its own tax returns and pay its own tax liabilities in Luxembourg. The choice between a subsidiary and a branch also has implications for the withholding tax and the VAT treatment of the foreign bank. For instance, a subsidiary may be subject to withholding tax on dividends that it pays to the foreign bank or to other shareholders unless reduced or eliminated by domestic law, participation exemption regime or a double tax treaty. A branch, on the other hand, is not subject to withholding tax on the profits 
that it transfers to the foreign bank as they are considered as internal payment and not as distributions. Also, a subsidiary may be subject to VAT on the services that it provides or receives from the foreign bank or from other entities, unless exempted by the VAT law or by a VAT group arrangement. A branch, on the other hand, is not subject to VAT on the services that it provides or receives from the foreign bank as they are considered as intra-entity transactions and not as supplies. Crystal clear. Thanks, Gilliam. Frank? Is that all what we have in the Luxembourg toolbox? Or is there any remaining hidden gems that you know of and would like to share with the audience? Opening Luxembourg banking presence does offer a number of advantages that you do not find in other jurisdictions. We will briefly focus on two aspects, fiduciary structures and distributed ledger technology bonds, also known as DLT bonds. Regulatory capital is a scarce resource which requires banks to be in constant focus for diverse funding sources. The Luxembourg ecosystem perfectly addresses this need for diverse funding sources with the Luxembourg Fiduciary Act. This act offers banks a true and practical off-balance sheet solution to preserve their regulatory capital. Under the Fiduciary Act, a person acting as principal confers ownership rights over the fiduciary assets to an entity acting as fiduciary, subject to the terms of a Luxembourg law governed contract. International banking groups that are present in Luxembourg use this tool quite extensively and they transfer large portfolios of loans to the off-balance sheet of the Luxembourg entity and sell the risk related to such loans to third parties. The fiduciary remains land of record, but given that the transaction is booked off-balance sheet, such transfer should reduce the aggregate balance sheet of the banking group and the need for regulatory capital. From the investor side, fiduciary structures have the benefit that the fiduciary assets do not form part of the estate of the Luxembourg bank. Therefore, in the case of an insolvency of the Luxembourg Bank, the investor does not have to file a claim in the insolvency proceedings. It simply demonstrates its capacity as fiduciary investor and should therefore be able to recover the fiduciary assets. On a separate point, Luxembourg is currently a frontrunner on DLT securities with a number of laws being implemented in this field. Luxembourg has a very business-friendly and tech-neutral legislation on DLT that allows to efficiently issue, settle and service securities in a DLT environment. Some of those roles in a DLT environment are being reserved to certain categories of players and Luxembourg-based banks are fully authorized to fulfill such roles. Therefore, besides the traditional banking activities, a Luxembourg setup allows the entire banking group to benefit from these additional tools that are nowadays of great relevance. Guillaume, are there other notable trends on the tax side that are relevant for the audience? Of course, Frank. Behind each story, there are some tax-related questions. As you said before, there is a smell test that leads to transfer activities of financial institutions from offshore to onshore jurisdictions like Luxembourg. Furthermore, the pressure from the EU and the OECD with regular updates of tax black and grey lists jurisdiction has a strong role in that respect. In this context, there are some important tax implications and considerations for foreign banks which should be carefully analyzed before and after the migration. The main tax issues and challenges that foreign banks may face in this context are exit taxation, entry tax and the ongoing tax treatment. Let's start with the exit tax. This is a tax that may be imposed by the foreign jurisdiction on the foreign banks when they transfer their activities and assets to Luxembourg. The exit tax may be based on the market value or the book value of the activities and assets and it may differ depending on the type and the location of the activities and assets. 
as well as on the existence and the application of a relevant double tax treaty. Let's continue now with the entry tax. On a general basis, an entry tax is a tax that may be imposed by the onshore jurisdiction on the foreign bank or its customers or investors when they receive or acquire the activities and assets from the offshore jurisdiction. In the case of Luxembourg, there is no such taxation and the foreign bank setting up its operations in Luxembourg should be able to record its assets and liabilities at their fair market value at the time of the migration. Now, with respect to the ongoing tax treatment in Luxembourg, tax rule would enable foreign banks setting up their presence here to benefit from the Luxembourg income tax laws while benefiting from an extended treaty network. The use of a Luxembourg special purpose vehicle in the setup may therefore allow the application of the participation exemption regime, the double tax treaties, the withholding tax exemptions, the VAT exemption or the tax consolidation regime. It may also require the fulfillment of certain conditions and formalities such as the holding period, substance and complying with normal tax returns filings. Thank you, Guillaume. Very interesting. So as we have seen, launching Luxembourg operations presents a large number of advantages. It opens the door to a new clientele, those who want to transact with institutions located in high-profile jurisdictions, and to new products that can benefit the entire banking group. The Luxembourg authorities, that is the Ministry of Finance, and the CSSF, which is the Luxembourg Banking Regulator, are very welcoming, and new players will have the support from organizations such as the ABBL, the Luxembourg Banking Association, and Luxembourg for Finance, which is the development agency of the Financial Centre. All those players will indeed assist new entrants to open the necessary doors, get the right connections, and enable a smooth and efficient setup process. What is important after the brainstorming phase is that the application file is well prepared and we at Anovri are very well positioned to assist you with this. We can provide you with the full range of legal services that are needed for a successful application. We provide corporate law, regulatory, data protection, tax law and labor law advice. We can also assist you in getting prepared your template financing documentation. We have over the last couple of years assisted a number of clients in setting up Luxembourg branches and subsidiaries in the traditional banking world, but have also gained large experience in establishing e-money institutions. My last comment before closing this podcast would be very happy to discuss with you your potential Luxembourg project and further share your experience with you. So feel free to reach out to us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you.